Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. Good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's another time to study the Word of God, and we're going to get right into the lesson. As you know, I've been advertising that coming July on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., we're going to have Sunday morning and Word Systematic Teaching. And today we're going to finish off the series that we started two weeks ago entitled Man Up. It's a message to the men. And so tonight I have a lot of information to cover. I'm going to give a healthy review since we had a lapse in subject, but I would encourage you to get last week's lesson to get the understanding of the methodology of the teaching format of this broadcast. And then on Sunday mornings in the Word, word, you're going to be able to have a lot of information, good information on how to develop yourself as a Christian. And I want you to listen to us, join and spread the word. Even if you can't attend it on Sunday because you're in church, you can download it anytime. Let's pray and get right into the lesson today. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made it rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do mean to depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and God to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought. As I make manifold known the wisdom of God, Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. See what only you can do, anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, it is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you, and we will give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We have been on a series entitled Man Up. In the first lesson, we entitled it Manhood Understood, identifying uh, five key areas, three things that stimulate our growth, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. We've listed about three people that we see in Scripture that God uses to illustrate manhood in Scripture, the, la- the first Adam, the last Adam, and Abraham, who is the father of faith. Then we also discuss five key areas, and I want to go over that again and give commentary. Um, that uh, five things that happen when a man encounters God in their life. And um, I thought that was a great way. Actually, I'm not going to go over there, but I want you to give a lesson on that one as well. But there are five things that takes place in in life when a man of God, of course, they, well, I can give it to you right quick since I already said I would, purge from the sin nature, purify to righteousness, purpose to achieve God's will, productive in the works of God, and they prioritize the ministry to the next generation. And then we also discussed um, three things that are done to distort manhood, preoccupation with preoccupation with ambition and um, tasks that are meaningless, then uh, procrastination, and then also process lapse. We don't have processes in things. So if, if, if the enemy can block your 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 life with things that just don't matter. If he can um, if he can distort your progress, he can distort you. He can make you procrastinate, or you don't have a process. And then we resolved, and this is the part that I really wanted to go over again, which was five things we can do to transform into being a man of God. Now, um, 
one of the things that I thought was very important was we have to, number one, renew the inner man, the, the image of the inner man. What is the inner man? The spirit of God. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We review the courses of our actions. We reflect on the change of the nature called Christ, and we reform our attitude to the virtues of Christ. You can look at Colossians and find out what the virtues of Christ are. The second that we talked about rethinking life in accord, um, in accord to Christ's predestination, and predestination must be understood by man, that you were placed on planet Earth to perform a task and to perfect yourself in that time until the consummation of all things, the way God can be glorified through your life. You have a purpose in life. Glory to God. You have something that God wants you to achieve, and you should not leave here until you achieve what God has ordained you to do. The world would have you doing all kinds of things, glory to God, but you're going to have to learn how to avoid preoccupation, procrastination, and processes that have not been ordained by God to lapse you into just being incompliant. So in, in this door that, the first thing that God is going to challenge you to do thirdly is to reform your habits, to reform the way you act and behave, act, act, believe, and uh, uh, your courses of action. So first of all, change your attitude. He, he changes your attitude by your belief system. And your belief, once it's changed, it's going to change your conduct to the action. So, and then fourthly, you're going to have to rethink what it means, uh, uh, mediocrity, and learn life lessons. Because God has given us life lessons, life lessons as the importance of leaving, leaving a legacy. You know, one of the things, and the reason why, and I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not going to get into it, but the reason, one of the greatest attacks that we have on the African-American community now is young men experiencing homosexuality which is really distorting what, what's happening is perverting their manhood, number one. And then secondly, it's causing there to be a break in the change of leaving a legacy, a continuum. So you have them uh, doing unnatural affection with other men. And as a result, there's, there's a lack of reproduction or there's a damaged relationships that causes things. That, and then that man is destroyed through death at some point in time because the body was not designed to be sexually involved with the same gender. And so when, 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 that, when those things occur, it distorts the legacy factor, even a legacy factor, and, and, and then it, it gives God all the way out. You don't learn the excellence of living a principled life. Life by principle is more powerful than living life by chance. And what what... What the problem is is there are many men out there that are not confident, and this is what happens. You got one life to live. You, there's, there's, you are appointed once to die, and after that comes judgment. God evaluates how you live your life, and if you're if you're if you're living off a of happenstance, your steps are not ordered by God. But the Bible declares that the steps of good men are ordered by the Lord. Then I suggest that they're ordered. That means God has already engineered you with a plan for you to achieve your purpose and to practically walk it out for precepts and examples 
and he will place people in your life to show you those precepts and examples so you can be the man that God has ordained you to be. But if they're distorting areas of your life in a man, you will never reach your God-given potential. Now, this is just a natural attack on men, but today we're going to deal more in the spiritual. So I want you to get the first part. If you haven't gotten the first part and this is your first time hearing it as a man, you have missed out on the map that has um, has really launched this teaching. But tonight I got to go a lot, a lot deeper um, than surface and circumstantial evidence because a lot of times we stay in the natural realm when it comes to men. When I go to a lot of men's ministries and things like that, all, all of his responsibility, role as a man, uh, you know, rules as a man. Well, your roles, your responsibilities, and, and your, uh, and your uh, rules are, are, are just one aspect of your life. But what about the revelation factor? What about the regeneration factor? What about the reconciliation factor? Because, see, the, the enemy would love for you to, to live a life and to mimic folk without understanding what you're doing. My people are not destroyed because of a lack of spirit. They're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. God has equipped every man to attain the knowledge of God so that they can experience and exist, uh, experience and exist in the plan of God. But if they don't come in touch with God and release their spirit to be led exclusively by God, they will be subjugated to chance and then they will live their life not really fulfilling the will of God for their lives. And the sad reality is you can live. You can see plenty of examples. I can, t- I can start in the word of God and go from Genesis to Revelations of men who have in their own strength tried to manifest their purpose and never achieved it. There's a terrible scripture in Hebrews 11. They said people died in faith having not obtained the promise. But then in Hebrews, it goes on and says, Jesus came that we might receive great and precious promises, that we through the promise of the Spirit might have hope, and hope maketh us not ashamed because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, not for the sake of just having it in our hearts, but manifesting it in our lives so we can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We will not experience that type of reality playing being men. And that's what, that's what the discussion comes today. How do we map the way up? thing to be a man is another thing of being a man going up. And what does that mean? And, and, and again, I know I dealt with the attack of masculinity, but I don't want you to get stuck there because I really want to deal with your mentality because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, see, often when you go into dialogue with manhood, you know, you, you, know, you tell you it's okay to be, um, you know, barbaric. It's okay to be bold. It's okay to, uh, uh, to believe certain things strongly. But if those practices are not governed by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, then your manhood is at stake. In God's eyes, you're not a man. You're a slave. You're a sinner. You're, you're, you're someone who is, not, who is not experiencing the benefits of salvation. If he saved you, he saved you from something so that you could be delivered to something. And what is that, what is that state? And you can live your life for 30, 40, 50 years walking around trekking like a man that is idle, that has no direction in life. Or you could get on a plan that we're going to illustrate today that's going to help you map the way up. 
Am I right about it? First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9 is our focus scripture of tonight. We started in the book of Romans, and we understand that it took one man to create a failure called the first Adam. It took one man to restore us to reign in life as kings through faith in this life called Jesus Christ, who was the last Adam. There's no need to sacrifice the origins of manhood. The manhood has been reconciled to God so that we can have fellowship with God and have access into the grace wherein we stay. Now, if we have that access, we need to take hold of the access that we have. And I want to challenge some of you religious men who, who, who have a form of godliness, but, but see, really, at the end of the day, where is the power of God in your life that confirms the man that you are? See, see there has to be some power that awakens in your soul, that awakens the, 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 the spirit in your atmosphere that causes it to align to God's will for your life. And if it's not happening, then you, you need to go back to the drawing board and say, where did I miss it? Well, you're not getting direction. Now, there are times in life where you have to reevaluate processes, and even that is a part of the process in the plan of predestination. But for those who he did for new Romans says, he did predestinate to conform it to the image of his son. What was the image of his son? Christ in you, the spirit of God being led in the inside of you, is the image of his son. So if your manhood is not shaped around your spiritual development, your manhood is satanic satanic, then you cannot serve God acceptably. But listen, no longer conform to the ways of the world, but be ye transformed, glory to God, by the renewing of your mind. I got to hurry because I have a lot more content to cover, and I haven't even got through the introduction. First Corinthians 1, uh, uh, First Corinthians chapter 3, verses uh, 1 through 19, and I'll come back to this toward the end of the passage. But he starts off the the, the the, the, the dialogue with a rebuke. Of course, you know, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is dealing with a carnal church that is operating in spiritual gifts. He said, and brethren, I, and I, brethren, could not even speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you milk and not with me, for hither ye were not able to bear it. Neither are ye now able, for ye are yet carnal. For when there is envying, strife, and the visions, are you not carnal and walk as men? See, there's a challenge to us, glory to God, for us to get out of the superficial customs called that we claim as manhood and to develop the real man within, which is a spirit-led governed man. Now, that's what we're going to talk about today. In verse 10, skip down to verse 10, it says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me uh, as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation and another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereon. We have to learn how important it is to math. God has a master plan, and God will place men in your life to teach you that master plan. And it's not going to be a woman that's going to teach you how to be a man. I'm sorry to say because they're designed to minister to women. The older women teach them younger women, and the elder men teach the younger men. A mama can make you a man. So I'm coming as a surrogate, as a brother in the faith, to challenge you today to learn how to be a man of God according to the word of God and to be led exclusively by the spirit of God. And when you're you're led exclusively by the spirit of God, you will manifest the works of God. Amen? Now, we're going to come back to First Corinthians chapter 9, but there are three areas that you need to learn how to be guided in 
in exclusively by the Holy Spirit because the man of God is only a man of God when it possesses the leading and guiding of the Spirit of God. The Bible says that the spirit of the man shall, shall bear its infirmity. And it is the, nat- the natural man cannot obtain the things of God because they're spiritually deserved. So you're not going to get this in the flesh. And, and a lot of times people say, well, I use the natural things to compare the spiritual things. But the Bible forbids that. It says don't compare natural things. with nat- nat- Natural things were set to give an illustration for things that operate naturally. But spiritual things, you're going to have to be a spiritual person. And I came to tell you, if you're ever going to be a man of God, you're going to have to come in the presence of God. You're going to have to be able to hear the voice of God and be led by the Spirit of God. And that, in that leading, God wants to guide two areas of your life. Number one, your sexuality, because the world has perverted what it means to be a man naturally. And so as a result, you don't know how to speak uh, to the opposite sex. You don't know how to interact with the same sex. You don't know how to control your sexuality. And those are perversions that God has set through Jesus Christ to restore. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you and to speak to your heart and, to, and, and then align yourself to what has been spoken, he will transform your sexuality. Those who are led by the Spirit will not succumb to the dictates of the flesh. And then the second thing that he wants to also control is your schooling. The Holy Spirit is as a teacher, not only your sexuality, but as a schooling. He wants to sanctify your schooling because he wants you to know. In Hebrews, he tells you that he's written the laws on your heart so you can be a people, uh, be a people to God. So God cannot even identify himself with you as a man until you allow him access to your heart. And I go back to the parable of the soils, you know, back in Mark, and you can look also in Matthew, as well as the parables of the soil, I believe it's Mark 4, where, where the conditions of the heart, uh, uh, which is considered the ground, is what, what determines whether the seed of the word of God can really have access. And if you don't give God access to your heart, he cannot school you. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, because they reject knowledge. And they cannot even serve me acceptably as a priest, and I reject their children. So the children can't even come to me. And so while you're acting like the fool and not and not developing insight on how to be men of God, men of God, you're making a mess of your children. And then lastly, socially, God wants us to transform, but He wants to guide us socially because it's a shame that people don't even know how to interact. We have, we have so much technology now, we don't even know to say, hello, how are you? What's going on? What do you need? What can I pray for? How can I be a blessing? How can I serve you? And there is a thing. The Bible says, look, no longer conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that he might prove what is that good and comfortable, acceptable will of God. So there are some things that are unacceptable. And if those things are not guided, by, guided and governed by the Holy Spirit, you are not being identified as a man. And we talked about it last week, and I want you to go back and listen to what I talked about, that there are five stages in a man's development, deprogramming, uh, um, uh, uh, deprogramming the development stage, the deprogramming stage, the duplicating stage, the deploying stage, and, and um, defining stage. Um, so in, by the ages of 1 to 13, you're supposed to develop into who you are as a man. That means identify your purpose, 
um, get in line with planning yourself, uh, planning your education, and going forward uh, uh, in learning in life, disciplines in life. You learn the disciplines of the faith, the disciplines of living. You learn the disciplines of, of sacrifice, the laws of service. So during that 1 to 13, when that child is able to react and to respond, especially your male children, you need to teach them the laws of sacrifice, the laws of service, the laws of uh, submission. Those, those laws are fundamental to them training themselves as men of God, to focus on the things of God. So in that time period, it's development stage. And when that development is distorted by sexuality and perversion or itemless procrastination, uh, you know, um, preoccupations of stuff that don't matter, they don't develop their health, then things, things go healthy. By the time they're 13, they don't know who they are. They don't know what they're supposed to do, and that's the time. Now, when, when the call of God on my life was revealed to me at the age of five and manifested in the, life, in the age of seven. I've had many times between 13 and 25 of trying to attack what God had ordained me to do, but I had to deprogram myself from the world, and then now I'm in this phase of defining, defining in my in my uh, uh, 25 to 45 period, defining what my family is, defining what my role is. You see, so so I look at the process, and I, I, because of the principles that were embedded in me as a child, I could deprogram the distinctions from the world and what was sacred from what was secular, and then I could say, uh, I could result to my Savior. So at this point, I could serve as the example. And then there's other stages, and that's that 45 to 95 to where you can disciple, where you, or the duplication stage, where you start really reproducing after your time. And what I mean, I don't mean having children at this point, because you really should be having that during the defining stage. You should have determined how many children you're going to have between the ages of 25 and 45. You should really determine who your wife is during that time. A man should have one wife. It is not good for man to be alone unless God has called you to a special ministry of, of being either a eunuch or a, a someone who's supposed to be devoted to the Lord because your lifespan is short. And God will tell you if you have a sensitive ear how long you're going to be here. And because you're, those who are led by the Spirit of God, and the Bible tells you in John chapter 16, he would show you things to come. So you need to know exactly how long you're going to be here, and you need to make sure that you do whatever it takes for you. Amen. So by this time at 45 to 95, and i got to hurry on, so I'm going to turbo a little faster. At that time of duplication, what you're duplicating is the virtues that you've uh, you learned and engrafted by faith. See, because during that defining period, you've learned how to live by faith. But during the, during the duplication thing, you can then become that example to where people can look on your faith, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So God wants you to walk out a principal life so you can attain the promises of God during that time period of 25 to 45. So by the time of 45 and 95, you can begin to say, this is faith, this is not faith. This is family, this is not family. This is focus, this is not focus. And in that, God will raise people in the same nature because you serve as the example. And then by the time of 95, 120, you can live your life in confidence and shut your eyes knowing 
that you have fulfilled God's plan for your life. But let me tell you, your life will be robbed. Your health will be robbed if you don't learn to live and be led exclusively by the Holy Spirit, at least by the time of being 25 to 45. And so what will happen is the family will be destroyed, your health will decline, and your lifespan will be shortened because of bad choices and bad decisions because of your refusal to be governed by the Holy Spirit. It's tight, but it's right. When God, God uses other men to empower other men, this is, this is what you need to understand. You, you ain't going to learn how to be a man through a woman, so I don't understand why you go into conversations with people of the opposite sex trying to define who you are. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. That's not the order of God. God will use examples through his word and, and men of God who have been there and done that. And you can't define your masculinity being around a bunch of women. Women are designed to minister to women, and men are designed to minister to men, serve. And perhaps if you get around your gender and find out this is what being a man is, there's some things practically, there's some things professionally, there's some things supernaturally or uh, through the putinology, through the Holy Spirit to keep up with the peas if you want to go that way, or prophetically that you have to achieve. And it's only going to be activated when men bless you to be a man. It's something about another man affirming you who you are, you know. And if you're, a, if you're a young lady listening to this, stop trying to raise men. Get them around other godly men who can shut them out of being men and not going to touch them. That's going to affirm them and keep them focused on the things of God. The, per, the reason why God uses men is, first of all, to the, the program men of God to empower other men is to deprogram secular mentality with a model that affirms the spirit that cannot be, that can, that, what the spirit cannot express supernaturally. Because God needs the body in order to communicate on the earth. And you need a man to speak to the spirit of another man to affirm that man to be that man in confidence. Amen. Now, that, that's not always a hard pill to swallow, but it is a pill to swallow anyway. The second one is to develop spirituality through principles of pattern discipleship. There's some, some things women can't teach you. Some feelings they can't even associate with. You have, you have particular hormones and particular emotions that another man can help you process. And if you go around a female, they will pervert it, and, and not, not intentionally, they're not designed to communicate certain things to you like a man would. It's the order of God. Get over the hang-up. And thirdly, to divine, define a standard that is exemplified in conducts, commitment, convictions that serve as a visible example. So God uses other men to, to deprogram, to develop, and to define you, ultimately. And that's, and that's what he's using me in the lives of young men, to deprogram, to develop, and to define. And I've talked to them, especially the ones called to the ministry, going around shouting and stuff and dancing like fools. You, your body ain't designed to be twitching on the, on the floor. You don't even have the emotions. You have to manipulate yourself 
to, 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 to de- and demasculate yourself to dance and operate like that. You are designed to act like that. Physically, too many of y'all, instead of, instead of learning how to pray like men pray, learning how to speak like men speak, learning how to operate like men, you're going around twitching like little women and, and wanting God to bless you. And God don't even know who you are because God has designed you to function and to operate according to the pattern. Mm, I don't have time to deal with it, but we got to go on. <laughs> but, but you just got to understand that God empowers other men to be programmed and to say, no, it's time for you to get out your emotions, shut it down, learn how to make decisions, how to develop discipline. You know, because there's coming a time you're not going to have another man as your example. You're going to have to make a decision on your own, and you're not going to be able to use your emotions to guide you. You're going to have to be, make a decisive decision to say, for God I live, and for God I die. And if your life is not leading to those points in life, you're not living according to the plan of God for your life. Five areas God expects a man to expand through commitment because you've got to develop. All I'm saying, about the reason why God sends men in your life to be programmed you, to develop and define you, is so you can establish commitment. The key word here is commitment. He wants you to be committed in the faith, which educates you and equips you spiritually. He wants you to be committed in developing fruitfulness, subduing through the, engaging and reproducing godliness through world domination. He wants you to develop uh, commitment and fellowship, establishing healthy relationships. He wants you to develop financial legacy, empowering your family with perpetual wealth. And I'm not just talking about that temple foolishness out here, you know, where you think you just got money in your pocket, you're doing something. If you can't keep it or you can't reproduce it, it's not wealth. And then also, fifthly, foundational roots for family life, encouraging your family to serve the Lord perpetually. Now, you know, in, in cases like mine where you, where you have certain family fractures, when God speaks to you, when he spoke to me when I was a child, he told me I would have to serve as the example. I didn't know all of what that meant, but I knew one thing I had to get be serious when it came to the things of God. And then God placed men in my life. Well, I'm still connected to, and even at, uh, at a point in my life, I had to de- deprogram myself from those men so I could learn how to decide and serve God acceptably for myself. And now I'm in this defining moment where decisions have to be made because consequences will always come as a result of the choices that we make because we live and die by the choices that we make. So God wants to Text us to be committed in our faith, fruitfulness, fellowship, financial legacies, and foundational roots for family life. Now, now, what I'm talking about here is, is this, and i got a few minutes before we have to get off the air, but i got to finish this series, so I'm going to finish this series, amen? So just bear with me, and if, if you get tucked off on the Internet, just call on the phone and listen. Um, and I know we got people listening today, but the anointing is on this on this lesson, but there are three aspects that I want you to understand that in, in all the teachings that I'm teaching, I want you to de- define the, the, the theology. Now, what I'm dealing with is not just the makeup of man, which is naturally there's a, there's a theology for that, but I'm also dealing with the theology of the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the theology of righteousness, which, which 
defies manhood according to new creation reality. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are old, and behold, all things are new. Jesus said that he must be what? Born again. So, so there are plenty of, um, plenty of examples to where we can, we can flow in that vein, but the three... Uh, revelations that I want to give you tonight is the re- reality of, our, uh, of, of defined righteousness. Reality defined by righteousness. That's number one. That's the theology that I want to give you. Three theology aspects of the new creation reality. If you, God's reality that I have is you have to go back on the, on the uh, broadcast and download it called Establishing the in, in Righteousness, or you could do Empowering um, Our Righteous uh, Conscience. That's another uh, teaching that's out there um, that you can go back and listen to where I define reality, the reality of righteousness, all right? Then the second aspect is revelation knowledge through experience with the Holy Spirit. It, it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to live the Christian life, so the Christian life cannot be experienced unless we have the evidence of the Holy Spirit, and that's the emphasis um, um, of this theology, new creation theology. And then thirdly, our relationship development through reconciliation. Scripture makes it quite clear. How can you love God who you don't see if you can't treat the people right that you do see? So part of the ministry of interacting and engaging with other people defines and reflects your relationship with God. And the Bible says that a man that is not faithful over his own house, how can he take care of the affairs of God? So you have to establish yourself. In, in, in relationships and in revelation knowledge and reality and righteousness. Amen? Now, two last sections of the, of the night. Really, yeah, two last sections of the night, and I'll be done. Uh, the, 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 the most important of the night. Three, uh, uh, five areas that God equips men that to be led by the Holy Spirit. So I want you to understand we're talking about mapping the way up. God will equip you. God will equip you. To, uh, through the activating of a true conversion. Luke 22, 30, 32 says, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. And when we talk about converted, we're talking about a clarified salvation experience. We're talking about a course created as a cure for living. And then we're talking about a cleansing from the sin nature. That's what we're talking about when we talk about conversion. All right? a clarified salvation experience, a course created as a cure for living, and a cleanse from a sin nature. Secondly, we're talking about God that will establish us as men through anointing us with his consciousness. When we talk about a consciousness, of course, it's the mode of his thinking, all right, the intent, an ability to discern right from wrong. So he equips us, and you can refer to First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. The Spirit speaketh expressingly that in latter days some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their what? Conscience seared as a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meat, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving, uh, which them who believe, um, with, uh, of them which believe and know the truth. So, so in this area, and we see this going on, distortion in theology, 
as a result of them not really establishing their consciousness. So when we talk about establishing a God consciousness and God giving us power to establish that consciousness, we're talking about, one, a willingness, uh, a willing mind to be right, a willingness to adapt to the mind and the life of Christ, and we're talking about a will to worship God in spirit and in truth. And when that takes place, your life will change as a man from being a man to a man of God. Thirdly, God will encourage us to be men that are compliant. All right? In James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. That your laughter be turned in the morning and your joy in heaviness, and humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So when we are compliant to the things of God, we're talking about having a submitted heart, simplistic understanding on the order of God, to the order of God by living a spirit-led life. Fourthly, we're talking about God will empower us to be advanced in the character uh, called Christ as Christianity. And I want to refer you to Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22, and then it helps to deliver Christ. All right? So our life should be identified with Christ. Our life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it's indicative of the Holy Spirit which he possessed, which he gave to us to live and be led by. So when we say that, we're saying Christ as our conviction, Christ as our conscience, and Christ as our constant God. Now, fifthly, um, lastly, but not least, God will expect us as men to always maintain our commitment. The Bible says, commit your ways to the Lord, Proverbs 16, 3, and so your thoughts shall be established. But you have to make the commitment, a commitment to be right and to maintain a consistent walk with God and a consecrated life that leads a legacy. Amen. Now, I'm going to leave you with this. And I'm going to be teaching more on sonship, new creation realities is coming out soon. Some more teachers that I want to encourage you on Sundays to listen to the Word of God. But it's very important that we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want you to understand that the challenge of, of, of the Corinthian church was that they were trying to establish spirituality through works of the flesh. But God has an expectation for men to be led exclusively by the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. As any man build upon the foundation, verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. So when we talk about manning up, I want you to understand that ultimately God is going to judge how you manned up. And, and if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But if he himself shall be saved, as unto you by fire, know you not that your body is the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. And I want you to understand that God doesn't want you to be destroyed. But if you allow to be violating the temple of God and, and, and violating the leadership rights of the Holy Spirit, you will miss out on life. Verse 18 concludes and says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man of you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. The natural man 
and not obtain the things of God, neither does he know them because they're foolishness to him. And he taketh the wise in their own quite craftiness. So he'll let you play stupid, but you don't have to do that. You can man up. And in manning up, God wants you to become a man created in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to be a man that does five simple things. And, and, and the first resolve that life without the Spirit is dead. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit living and leading you, you're dead. Number two, you have to lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him so that he can direct your path. Thirdly, you have to let your yay be yay and your nay nay. Be a person of integrity. Then there's a powerful scripture that talks about your perception, but it uses the illustration of your eyes being focused on one thing. If your eyes be single, the Bible says, it'll be full of light. But if it's not single, you'll succumb to demonic distractions. And ultimately, God is saying all of this, showing you a way to be a man of God according to the word of God so you can manifest the works of God as you are led exclusively by the spirit of God. He wants you to love him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Why is that? Because life that he came for you to have came by the way of the love of God. Cause him to give his son on a cross that he did not deserve so that if you would believe, you would not perish but have the life that he promised for you to have. I want to challenge you today to man up. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I was able to get through the lesson. I worked hard to get out the imprints of your heart of that which I could not convey with my native tongue. Glory to your name. Father, I pray that there would be an encounter with your spirit that there would be an awakening in the souls of the complacent for men to cry aloud and fear not. I thank you that there's a grace today, release for men to understand and then map the way up through and by your precious Holy Spirit. We thank you for the learning and the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding that we have to be men fit, to be men of honor, to be men of integrity, but more importantly, to be men of God, one with you in spirit, one with you in ways, one with you in worship, one with you in truth. We praise you. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. We praise you because of who you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen, and amen again. The Bible tells you if, you if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can repeat this prayer after me if you've never prayed the prayer of salvation. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
and that God raised him from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me at Calvary, and I pray that God will seal you to the day of redemption and fill you with the spirit that causes you to live out the Christian life, that it enables you to live the Christian life. And whatever you set your hands to do, you will do, because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. God bless you, and good night.